What is going on, San Antonio Spurs Nation? It's Rob Trejo Jr. This is the Spurs Tube Podcast brought to you by SpursTubeTV.com. If you want to get on the show, if you want your voice heard, if you want your question answered, if you want your comment taken and you want it turning into its own video, talking, you want to talk about Spurs Nation on the channel, there's a way you can do that. Very excited to announce that when you join the Patreon at patreon.com backslash SpursTubeTV, you now have access to drop a question, a comment to be answered and turned into its own video. You can drop an audio message. You can drop a video response and we'll throw your video on the channel. So if you are interested on connecting with SpursTubeTV and you want to talk Spurs basketball, well, this can be the platform for you. Head over to the Patreon link in the description below. On this episode, we're going to give out final grades to the San Antonio Spurs roster. Um, we're going to take everyone who started the season for the Spurs to everyone who ended the season on the Spurs. And there were a few players that were kind of on the roster just for a short period of time. We'll, t- we'll mention them too a little bit. We'll give them a letter grade for their time here in San Antonio. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go by A, B, C, D, and F. We're going to give out some some failures, some some people who really didn't even show up to the party, right? Basically, to get a D, all you have to do is show up. Um, but we're going to give out some final grades and talk about them a little bit, about the the players. Again, this is this is a reflection on, on this past season. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how some of these guys fit into next year's puzzle. But really, it's just a cathartic final evaluation of this season, uh, of this roster. So let's get into it. Go Spurs, go. All right, so let's start off with the A's. Who's acing this class? Who's getting that 4.0 this season? Obviously, the, the the one off the top is is the most obvious. That's DeJounte Murray. You know, took the big leap this year. Could have been most improved player. Should have been, if you were to ask me. Murray was leading this team game in, game out. Took another leap in a very unselfish way, I want to add. Um, put um, an increase on all of his statistical categories across the board and uh, led the Spurs to most victories that we had. So that's easy. DeJounte Murray gets the first A. Who else gets an A? Well, let's talk about it. Jakob Pertl, to me, had a breakout season. I don't think anyone saw him developing and, and producing as much as he did this year. No one saw the assists. Were, no one thought that the assists were going to go up. Nobody thought that. You know, he was going to be able to be in top 10 reboundings for most of the season, which he which he did. He was a hell of a rebounder, 
for this squad uh, and really solidified himself as the main big guy on the roster. When you take him out of the equation, all that was left for the this season when concerning our five spot, it was a question mark. And, you know, he finished around the rim so much better. He was scoring the ball better. The little put floater shots, that little putt floater shots that he does um, were going in this season. Last year, we're very frustrated with that. And uh, he just ultimately was the 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 number two guy this year for the Spurs when we did not have him on the floor there was a little stretch there where he didn't play uh we were in big trouble and Murray DeJounte Murray took advantage of of Jakob's productivity productivity uh was a great pick and roll uh, duo with DeJounte DeJounte found him plenty of times around the rim in the pocket uh driving to the basket cleaning up everyone's stuff Jakob Jakob was a very very bright spot on a gloomy season it wasn't necessarily raining all season it wasn't you know a season that was terrible but um uh, Pirtle and Murray definitely were a duo to deal with whenever the Spurs were setting foot into another team's gym I'm pretty sure that was on the scouting report was pick and rolls man with with Murray and and Pirtle are probably their best is their best offense, right? So they're both getting A pluses. There's going to be plus and minuses throughout this episode, and they're both walking home with the A plus. The next person getting an A for this season is Keldon Johnson. It's Keldon Golden Johnson. Uh, I think there's probably a mixed bag out there of thoughts on his season as a whole. Uh, you know, you can talk about different points of the season and you'd probably have a, a valid argument for whatever your case is. You know, he didn't show up in the play in. He uh, had a lot of inconsistent nights. Yes, he did. Um, he shot the ball extremely well. But then when he didn't, he was very, very bad. Uh, there's that, too. Um, you know, he's playing at the wrong position. There's that. He needs to rebound more. There's that. He did less of what Keldon Johnson usually does. This season, you know, I I think that's a fair knock too. Is that you know usually Keldon was that energy guy who did all the intangible things and helped the team win like that. Well, this year, you know that role that he's been successful in, you know, was on the table for somebody to take. That's what I think because we actually did need Keldon to do more, and he shot the ball extremely well, was extremely efficient from the field, led the NBA for a short period of time uh, uh, in three-point shooting, in efficiency, not attempts or anything like that, but in in efficiency. Um, And nobody saw that coming, right? So a lot of of improvement there from Keldon on the offensive end, spreading the floor. You know, I think he's putting it together season by season. And even though there's much left to be desired from Keldon Johnson, I think ultimately, you know, this... The season that he that he had uh, left us all feeling very positive about what's to come from Keldon and and think, you know, his ceiling has not been yet capped. I think we can all walk away from this table thinking that, which is a good thing. So Johnson is walking home with an A, just an A, not an A plus, not an A minus, just an A. Last person to get an A on this roster is New Spur. Trade deadline acquisition, Josh Richardson. Man, I was worried about his playing time when he got here because obviously he's a veteran. We kind of know what he's all about. Um, 
And when he got here, it took a little time, just like we kind of thought was going to happen. Pop was going to ease him into that rotation. But then once that OKC game came, and it was the one right before the All-Star break, once that OKC game showed up and we were in Oklahoma City and he hit his first three-pointer, that was all she wrote. From then on, he was getting minutes. And it was kind of just undeniable that this guy that we just acquired is a dead-eye shooter, has confidence through the roof there's that clip that came out with him and primo talking at like a lunch table and they were just talking all about his confidence and how that his swagger that he plays with on the floor and 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 his spiciness right that's what they talked about josh richardson being spicy he's talking a lot of mess out there and it's not like mess to the ref or he's not complaining or whatever like that's not the type of talk that that josh does He's letting the opponents know. He's letting everyone else know that's playing on that floor that he's that he's there, that he's bringing it, and that everyone should take notice. And that you know when he hits a shot, he's feeling good about it. And he's gonna hit another one. And you know he's he's full of swag like that. And and on a team that really did not have that swagger to it, you know I think Keldon brings it. Dejounte kind of brought it this year, but other than that, no one else kind of had that swag to them. And uh, Josh Richardson was able to come in right away. And contribute in a spot that needed to be fixed. And we're talking about Derek White, which which we're going to talk about in a little while. But Derek White wasn't hitting shots. We needed somebody in the two spot to hit shots. We inserted Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell was able to give us scoring in the starting unit. But Josh Richardson was able to come in, defend extremely well. Never saw him blocking shots the way he did or coming up in transition big on, and on defense the way he did. And just so many times I was impressed by what Josh Richardson was able to do on the floor, scoring-wise, defensive, defensively, and, and to be able to kind of just pick that ball up and run with it because automatically, like immediately, he became one of our like top four or five guys that we needed on the floor at all times, right? Like, you know, that was extremely impressive and extremely hard to do for a team that's run by Coach Popovich. So Josh Richardson coming in late into the season, didn't play that many games with us, um, had a great couple performances sprinkled in there here and there, uh, showed up in the playing game, um, you know, put the ball in the hole a little bit here and there. So, I mean, just what he was able to do, in such such a short period of time on and kind of off the floor, like locker room talk, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was great. So walking home with our A's for this season, you got Murray, Pirtle, Keldon Johnson, and Josh Richardson. All right, let's talk about who is walking away with the B's this year. Do you love Spurs basketball? Well, so do we. I want to know what you think. Am I crazy? Am I a homer over here? Do I evaluate this team fairly? Or do I have too too much of a, of a Spurs goggle fixated on my eyelids? Let me know. Let me know what your takes are. If you want to drop your audio takes to be turned into segments of the podcast in future episodes, head over to that Patreon link down below where you can submit audio clips to be turned into questions for this podcast. Join the Patreon patreon.com backslash spurs tube tv all right let's talk about the bees the guys who did pretty good but left something on the table that i just could not give them an a for this season um all right right off the top let's talk about our b pluses this one's gonna kind of come out of left field i feel like for most people but 
the only person who walked away with a B plus, right? There's more that got Bs, but that B plus, I mean, like that it was a fringe A, was Devonte Kaycock. Devonte Kaycock from the G League, who was on our G League for you know ninety percent of this season, played about five to ten games or whatever with the Spurs. Impressed me every single time he hit the floor. Every time he hit the floor, he looked like he was ready to play. Didn't do anything outside of himself. I, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this kid, but, I mean, look, he was able to go when we needed him. He was rebounding. He was finishing at the rim. He didn't turn over the ball. He was playing. He's like 6'10", playing against big men. He was our center for the most of the time when he was playing for us, and he just did a great job um coming up from the G League for us this year when we needed him. So I'm gonna go ahead and give Devontae Kaycock that B plus um full of effort man full of effort and and uh aggressiveness and never look too uh shy or unready for the moment that we were gonna need him this season. So I don't know if he's gonna be here next year or not. You know, I really I really don't know, but um he is a definite NBA player. Uh, if you ask me and if he's on the Spurs roster probably not moving into next season but he was a great piece to have this year okay now let's talk about bees just flat bees we'll go with Devin Vassell first Devin Vassell is a guy I'm extremely high on uh, coming into this season I really wanted him to start I really want thought that you know the offense was was needed from him uh, once Derek White and Doug McDermott both kind of showed that they weren't able to score the ball consistently. I'm like, bro, let's get Devin Vassell in there. Once the trade happened, he finally did get that starting spot. And uh, something that I love about what he showed this year is that he's a guy you can count on to put the ball in the hole in the first quarter. Now, look, there's been many times where we come out into a game and the other team is just ready to go and they are giving it to us. And they, they, they have three or four guys that are scoring the rock and we're still here sitting at like at two or four points. And it's like four to 12 or something like that. So many times this, this year where we had a terrible first quarter, I don't know how many time pop talked about that throughout the season, how we start off slow and we give up a quarter in the very beginning of the game. Well, Devin Vassell, when he started games, was always ready to answer big time moments in the first. Like so I remember I I remember specifically that Boston game in Boston and that Philadelphia game in Philadelphia. They were like real close together right after the trade deadline. And the only guy that looked like he was there for the matchup against those two re- those really good two uh Eastern Conference teams that are filled with stars and Embiid and, and uh uh, Tatum and Brown, all those guys, the only player that we had that started those games that didn't look scared and looked like they were actually the best player on the floor, that was Devin Vassell. And there's something about that. There's something about the tools that he has, the offensive package that he has, his ability to shoot over just about anybody from all areas on the floor um, that excites the heck out of me. And obviously the defensive stuff is is unbelievable as well. But he's going to go ahead and get a B from me. Um, I really wanted to give him an A, but I thought there was still a lot left in that starting unit that he can produce. And there were a lot of times where he missed big shots at the end of games. You know, we talk about him being ready in the beginning. Well, at the end of games, there were many times where the Spurs called his number and the shot just didn't go down. There were good shots, but, you know, they got to go down. So Devin Vassell is walking away with a B. Um, Joshua Primo gets a B as well. 
you know, his his rookie season, I think, should satisfy everybody. Everyone who's on the side of like, hey, we need to send him to Austin for a year. They need to develop and all that stuff. Well, well, we got that. You know, we got that. He went to Austin a lot this year. He played a lot of games down there. He produced. He uh, scored the ball. He learned how to how to run the offense. He developed tenfold down there. He grew. I think like going into like December, November, a lot of us were like, is this the same kid that we drafted who was like skin and bones? Who's now walking around looking like like a little mini uh like a little mini LeBron, you know what I mean? Like like in that sense of like from skinny to muscular. It's like he looked like he just put on this muscle out of nowhere. Um not saying he's LeBron. I'm just talking about like y'all remember when the body shifted for for LeBron? It's kind of like what happened in 3 months for Josh Primo, which was crazy. Um so he's developing there when we called him up as well from the G League. I mean to start as many games as he did. I think it was something like 12 or or something like that. Uh as a rookie, as the youngest rookie in the league. That just that that says a lot about him. You know that Pop and the staff are ready for him to grow and make mistakes because the upside is there. And and that's huge because we all see the upside on the on the offensive side of the ball. But on the defensive side of the ball, he's way ahead of his years. He's way ahead of the group. You know, just kind of like how Devin Vassell came into the squad and was already like three or four times better than everyone else defensively. Primo has a little bit of that. So I'm going to give him the B because I don't think anyone expected him to like blow up or anything. But at the same time, when we did get to see him, our expectations, I think, were kind of tamed. And then he always rose him. Like he came out and played well for the most part and rose our expectations. So he's getting that B. Still a little bit more to be desired there. Consistency. There were some big games where he didn't come through. The playing game, he didn't score. Um, all that, right? All right. Last two Bs that I'm going to give out. And this is my last B flat, right? Just a regular B. It goes out to Bates Diop. Kieda Bates Diop gets that gets that B for the season. Um, honestly, I was a little bit worried when we let Luka Samanich go and... You know, all the talk was about Keita, and he's going to be able to fill that spot. We hadn't really seen it yet from Keita Bates Diop at that point. Um, but uh, and 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 again, just I think just with uh, about every forward or power forward and center this season, we really didn't know what was going to come minutes wise. Um, and he was another one of those guys where some nights he would start some night and then you go a week without playing or seeing him. And then he shows up in Los Angeles and gives a perfect game to LeBron James says, here you go. Here's the best game of my life. Um, you know, and, and goes nuts in, in, in LA and, you know, comes through. I, I love Kate. I love what he does on the floor. He rarely messes up. He stays within himself. He's not afraid to take big shots and he hits them. He's not uh, afraid to attack the rim he, he puts it in the hole. When he's able to clean up the garbage, he, he has a really soft, patient touch when he has both feet in the paint and he's trying to put that ball um, back in the hole over a big guy or whatever. Using that crazy length wingspan that he has, he was able to softly put the ball in the hole so much this year that like he rarely missed. Um, Bates Diop did a hell of a job being like maybe our third or fourth last guy on the bench and he would come in and just give us nothing but positives. I, I rarely see 
a blown defensive coverage, a blown rebound, or anything like that coming from Keita Bates-Diop, right? And this season, he did fantastic. He's on a non-guaranteed deal. We'll see if we bring him back next year. I think there's a big chance that we do not. Like, I'm thinking 70-30. But if you were to ask me what side I'm on, I'm on the 30% side. I'm like, man, if we can keep Keita around to be like that utility, utility Swiss Army knife guy at the forward position, we, we need that. You know, when, when we need reboundings, re- rebounds, we can put him in there. When we need um, someone to finish around the rim, we can put him in there. He's obviously great at guarding the other team's forward. There are some times where he's uh, caught up on a guard. You know, he's, he's extremely versatile. He's versatile on the defensive side of the ball. Can guard from the top down. He really can. Um, so Bates Diop, I really hope there's a, there's a spot for him on this team. Because I, I, I like guys like KBD, who should not be here, who should not be this good, and are. Because they work at it. They develop, right? So KBD, good job, walks away with the B. The final B I'm giving out is a B-. minus. It's a B-, minus, and it goes to another non-guaranteed guy in Trey Jones. Trey Jones, uh, I think... A B minus is fair. I wanted to give him like a B or B plus, but there had to be more minutes. There had to be more minutes for Trey Jones. Again, not necessarily his fault. You know, you know that that goes down to the coaching staff. That comes down to the coaching staff. Um, but he is showing me, just like you know, a lot of these other guys, these young guys, that there's a lot of upside there. There's a lot of potential on both sides of the floor. Um, Obviously, his jump shot needs a lot of work. He doesn't even take many jumpers, um, but he's able to finish at the rim. He's able to push the ball, run the offense, be a true point guard, be a great defensive um, person on the floor, communicates with his teammates well, finds the open guy, knows when to push the ball up the floor, when when someone's open. He just did all those things extremely well and had an extremely low turnover rate, him and his brother. I think his brother led the NBA uh, this year. Uh, in assisted tur- turnover ratio. I know Trey Jones was right there close to him. So him and his brother, I guess it's in the family that both of these guys are true point guards. They are true point guards. And uh, Trey Jones is a non-guaranteed player. There's a chance he's not on the roster next year. And uh, that bothers me, but it really just depends on like, you know, what we end up doing. Like if we end up having to cut Jones for cap space, I mean, that's probably worth it if you're bringing in, like, a high-level guy. Um, same thing with Keita Bates-Diop. If you don't see him on the on the roster next year or any of these guys, it's probably a good thing because we're spending our money on, like, talent. But, again, not really an option that I'm leaning on. I like Trey Jones as a future backup point guard for this team for the next, like, five years. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm holding my vision on Trey right now. Uh, another player that just excelled after the trade deadline i mean Derek white leaving it had a lot of ripple effects uh, for a lot of players on the roster uh trey jones was one of those guys who was able to get more minutes get more primary backup duty and actually prove that he can get more minutes and more and deserves more and you saw that the coaching staff had that trust in him at the end of the season and even in the playing game they went over they went trey jones over walker trey jones over primo um, and, and they feel comfortable knowing that he's going to be making solid decisions out there as your backup point guard. And I hope he can be that for the Spurs, um, for the rest of his career, or at least for the next big chunk of his career. Uh, okay. So 
So far, the Bs that we gave out, B plus goes to Devontae Kaycock. The Bs go out to Vassell Primo and Bates Diop. The B minus to Trey Jones. All right, when we get right back, we're going to talk about the Cs, Ds, and the Fs for this season. If you're not following the channel on YouTube, you're missing out because I don't just do podcasting on that channel. I do film breakdowns where I'm dissecting film, players, plays, coach pop, all that stuff. Um, I'm collaborating with other Spurs content creators on that channel. Of course, we drop our podcast content. But something I'm really excited about moving forward is that the new weekly update episode for the channel. I'm definitely excited for that during the offseason. And if it does well, which the first episode did pretty well, um, you know, I want to be doing more of those weekly updates video video weekly update videos for you guys into next season as well this off season is a lot of fun because you get all the draft stuff you get the free agency stuff there's a lot of news that goes down um kind of once that starts for over these next two weeks it's going to be kind of dead you know there's not really much going on here in the world of spurs basketball during these playoffs except for the lottery which is on the 17th right so weekly updates on on what's important for the spurs um, at that point in time and moving forward are all going to be there for the most part on the weekly update video series on the channel. So make sure to go to YouTube, check out the channel, subscribe, leave a comment, all that good stuff. Go Spurs go. All right, so let's finish this report card out and let's start giving out some C's, the guys that barely passed barely passed for the season in my eyes we'll start off with giving out the c pluses um we'll 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 begin with lonnie walker the fourth all right so it's it's probably well known if you're listening to this that you know i'm very critical of lonnie that's because i've been very high of lonnie ever since his rookie season i've been trying to figure it out you know what what it's taken him so long to get his opportunity or taken him so long to really find himself with this team and I've been, you know, chronicling all that since a, a long time ago, a long time ago. If you're a real follower of this podcast, you heard the episode where I was at a summer where I was at the summer league with my with my pops uh, watching him play, going over it. So we, we've been on the on the Lonnie train for a long time. And this season uh, was a big year for him. Everyone, I think, knows that he's in a contract year. He's up to be an unrestricted free agent. Or, or restricted. I'm not sure if it's restricted or not, but he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be able to leave the Spurs and go either, you know, go to a situation that better fits him or even chase a bigger payday if the Spurs are not able to get him what he wants financially. Lonnie gets a C plus from me. It's a C plus. It's, it's not a low C. He didn't almost fail. He almost got that B. You know, I don't know if you guys would agree with me there, um, but just like last season, very similar to last season, he showed us a lot. I mean, he showed us that he really is a microwave. This guy can turn up the heat in seconds. As soon as he steps on the floor, he's able to hit big shots, go on runs, mid-range jumpers, three-pointers. He started finishing at the rim a lot better towards the end of the season. You know, another beneficiary from Derek White's trade is that Lonnie had a solidified role I don't think anyone ever really talked about Lonnie being that new six man for the Spurs until after the Derek White trade you know so 
you know, last season there was some speculation that if he get if he gets it going, maybe he starts. You know, maybe he starts at that shooting guard spot. But that didn't happen. And this season was just the next chapter of the same book with Lonnie Walker. Showed a lot of inconsistencies on the defensive end. Some very bad, like I would rate them on the very bad side of uh, defensive tendencies, right? The, the whole losing guys off ball, you know, being slow on your rotations, not sprinting, a lot, a lot of the effort things and not knowing your scouting report on the teams that you're playing against. You know, all that type of stuff, I feel like Walker still, still, you know, since year two of, of his career has still been dealing with those type of things. Um, so, you know, he did show the good and he also showed the bad. And uh, I'm going to evaluate him at a C plus, you know, talking about the play in game, you know, he didn't get many minutes. He didn't get many minutes at all, you know, in, in that game. But you have to give it to him when he did play in that first half, you know, he was lighting it up. And he was able to put some points on the board where a lot of other guys could not. You know what I mean? So we can talk about Lonnie, you know, being a um, being a liability on defense. But you got to talk about the microwave that he is on offense. And he was able to do that for us in, in the playing game against the Pelicans. Didn't really see much time after that, though, which, you know, lets you know where on the priority list you know scoring in bunches is for the spurs when you're not playing defense you know so that's kind of where lonnie ends his season and maybe his tenure here with the spurs enjoyed a lot of moments with lonnie lonnie had a lot of games that you can pull through and that shows you know how awesome he is but at the end of the day i think spurs fans and spurs personnel know what the other side of that equation is, right, for Lonnie. So he's going to walk away this season with a C plus. Wish I could have gave him that B. All it took was a little bit more consistency throughout the season for him to kind of get up there. But um, I hope he finds his legs somewhere in the NBA this offseason. Um, the next C plus that we're going to give to is a guy who started a lot of games for the Spurs this year, a lot of games, Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott had games where he hit three or four threes. He had games where he only shot one or only shot two and played a majority of the game and started. So, you know, there's talk about inconsistency with Lonnie Walker. Something that a lot of people are not going to talk about it uh, with is McDermott. Uh, He has one job to shoot the ball. He has one job because he ain't Dean up. You know, we, we I think, kind of knew that coming into the season, and we saw it firsthand. I don't know how many times uh, Doug McDermott got beat off the dribble. It gives the guy a, a wide-open lane to the basket, and then just, you know, he does a good job of just turning around and sprinting back down the other way. Like, you, you can you can, you can look, you can tell that it hurts him. It hurts his ego, his pride when he gets beat on defense. But it doesn't stop it from happening. You can tell he's upset about it. He holds himself accountable, all these things. But it doesn't stop the lack of defense that he gives you. And he started this season at the four or at the three. I, I can't even really tell who is who with Keldon Johnson in that starting lineup. Uh, I thought that was something that needed to get changed right away. You know, Doug McDermott maybe starts at the two spot. And then you have KJ at the three. Maybe that works. Um, but putting Doug McDermott in the starting lineup this season was something that I felt was going to do wonders for everyone else. You know, I, I was almost like, oh, hey, 
Doug's going to come in here and he's going to shoot the threes. So that's going to open up everything, you know, the, for DeJounte and Derek White and Devin Vassell and Kellen Johnson. They're going to be able to get to the rim easier. That's what Doug is going to do for us this season. And what it actually what actually happened was that he was inserted into the starting lineup and everyone else started knocking down threes. Murray started knocking down threes. Keldon started knocking down threes. Um, Derek White wasn't able to, but Devin Vassell was able to hit the, hit the three ball. So, you know, it, it, in my eyes, the Spurs gave him that starting opportunity and they never took it away. They should have taken it away mid-season. Mid-season, Doug McDermott should not have been in that lineup. And he could have been coming off the bench, kind of doing what Walker was already kind of doing for us. Um, but, you know... In it with a more smoother stroke, you know, I feel like Lonnie, speaking of guys who are in that C grade, uh, Lonnie needs to take a lesson from Doug. And it's like, bro, if you're not going to be a great defender, you need to be putting it all in on the offensive side of the floor and shooting the rock. And I think Lonnie needs to kind of take from his game a little bit. Obviously, Lonnie can put on the floor where Doug really can't. Were you sure you, Doug McDermott? I'll take that back. He showed a couple of times this season where he was able to put on the floor, but ultimately was not consistent enough shot the ball fairly well 44 percent 45 percent for most of the season which is all you really can ask for for in a three-point shooter so he did hit shots but there was so many games in there where he was like a no-show and we needed him you know throughout the game and he was just not shooting the ball the guys were chasing him off the line he wasn't able to do much um but all in all it's a c plus a little consistency for him and for Lonnie would have probably put them at a B for me, but it's the consistencies that give him that C. C for consistency, right? Um, next, we'll talk about the guy I mentioned a few times, Derek White. Look, Derek White, y'all know he has an A in my heart, right? I love what Derek White does on the defensive side of the ball, um, but really that's all that gave him this C. He, he did not do anything on the offensive side. Wouldn't get to the rim, wouldn't finish at the rim the whole first half of the season, couldn't shoot the ball at all this season. You know, he was creating for others, and that was kind of the only positive that he brought to you on the offensive side was that he created for others, he found open guys, you know, he was he was smart with the ball. But we needed White to be a shooting guard, which I don't believe he is. I think he's a point guard. I even think in Boston they have Marcus Smart at the point guard which doesn't make any sense to me either. He's like a point, a shooting guard in a point guard role. And I felt like Derek was a point guard in a shooting guard role, right? <laughs> for us, the only difference is that it's actually working for, for Boston right now, having Marcus Smart there. But Derek White, I mean, he was he's a point guard. We've seen it. The, the reason why I say that is because we've seen it. We saw him do it against Denver two, three years ago. We saw him the whole like first two years of his career being in Austin and having a little bit of minutes it, with the Spurs in his early career, he was a point guard. Never did he come in for a shooting guard role. So, you know, he earned his spot with us. He earned his contract. And then when we needed to make a pivot and get him into that shooting guard spot, he was not able to do so and ended it at that ended up inevitably putting him on a different team um, because they chose DeJounte over Derek White. So he's going to go ahead and get that C ended up getting traded off the team. The last C that we're going to give out goes to Collins, Zach Collins. Um, as a guy who missed the majority of the season because of, you know, rehab, it's hard for me to, to grade him too hard. You can see a lot of the rust that was coming off of his game, 
throughout this season. You know, defensively getting beat off the perimeter or at the rim or getting dunked on. You you just tell there was a lot of that rust where they were taking advantage of him a little bit um, with all that. But at the same time, he showed you the flashes of, hey, I can hit a jump shot every once in a while. I can still protect the rim. I can still do some things. I can still move the ball on offense. So he's like showing more of his old self. But again, that rust was was very thick, laid on heavy earlier on in the season. Um, took those primary minutes at the backup's uh, center spot and kind of solidified himself there, uh, which is impressive, which also gives him that C. It's not a C minus or anything like that because he actually came in and when he started playing, um, showed you why he deserves to play. There's a lot of consistency in what he did do, but it was just the rust. It was rust that kept him from getting a higher grade on my account. So the C's for today are Walker, C+, McDermott, C+. Um, again, McDermott, C+, because that's what we thought he was going to do. No no one expected him to come in and be our best defender or you know anything like that. So you know he's, he's doing what we expected him to do, just needed to do it more consistently. And then you have Collins and White with the C's. All right. Now let's get to the failures. Ah, those kids. But I'll tell you what, the D's get degrees if you're in college. Jock Landale starting off the D's with a D+. Obviously, I think what he's one of everyone's favorites coming into the season. Uh, took him a long time to get playing time. Once he did, he showed a lot of poise, a lot of um, competitiveness, and he showed that he was ready to go in the beginning. See, but once he started getting a little bit of consistency in his in his in those minutes, I think he started tapering off a little bit as the season went on. Didn't shoot the ball all that well as the season went on. Um, showed that he's a great teammate. I think that's that's one thing. I think that this year he learned a lot. He learned a lot about what it's going to take to be a big man at this level. Because, yeah, he was a great big man in the FIBA games and in uh, Australia or wherever he was before this, which is not the NBA. You know what I mean? Big men have a tough job in the NBA. They got to rebound. They got to bang with the big guys. They got to deal with athletic beasts. They got to now deal with bigs that can stretch the floor, all that type of stuff. So Jock Landale, I wish did better with the minutes that he did get. Um, he's going to get a D plus that really he's failing because I feel like there was opportunity for, for him to just take it kind of like the way Zach did, just take it, right? And, and he wasn't able to do that. And um, then we never really saw him that much ever again. You know, there were more games where he did not play, you know, probably than than most players on our roster. And ultimately, I still think there's a spot for him in this league. Even with this team, he provides a different look that we just never experimented with. We're like, oh, we have a big that can stretch the floor and do these type of things, pass the ball. All right, let's 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 see what let's see how that goes. And I was like, the Spurs didn't even do that, you know, which tells me something too. I mean, I don't think it was because they didn't like him or anything like that. It probably had to deal with his defense or his rebounding or or attention to detail or something like that, right? So Jock Landale's gonna get that D plus. The next three guys are getting flat D's for me. Um, we'll make this one a little bit quick. We're gonna we're gonna finish this off on on uh, on a faster note here. Um, we got Brent Forbes, obviously, who was here, knowing UI, then he was gone. It was like, okay, uh, who, you know, we love him here as a, as a person, but as a player, we're kind of over it. Um, and he only had two or three games, I think, where he had like three or four threes. Uh, he played plenty earlier on in the season. Things were a little bit short with him, though. He did not start and everyone was scared 
we're going to get a repeat of 2019. Well, he didn't start. He came off the bench in spot minutes. He didn't play every game. Um, and he actually shot the ball pretty well in those moments. But inevitably, you know, he didn't belong on this roster anymore. And he got traded, right? So D for Bryn Forbes. Not getting an F because he actually did hit some shots for us. Uh, Thaddeus Young gets the other D, right? Um, Thaddeus Young was supposed to do the veteran thing, make everybody better, and I think he did that part. I think there's a lot of evidence out there of how great of a teammate he was to the players, but then there's also a lot of evidence out there of his frustration with his role, with his minutes, with all those things that came with it. And, you know, I think we all thought he was going to get traded, and he did. Uh, we got a first-round pick for him, which is awesome, um, this year, so we're going to get that. But the minutes that he did get earlier on in the season where it was mostly Drew Eubanks getting backup minutes and then it started to get to Thaddeus Young, you know, he didn't really do anything either. And when he was out there on the floor, half the time he looked like he didn't want to play or like he he wasn't there to score. He's like, okay, I'm going to play to help out all the young guys and I'm going to move the ball and I'm going to, you know, do handoffs and I'm going to set screens and whatever. But I'm not going to be aggressive like to hurt myself and, and risk my body or my career for a team that's not going anywhere or a situation where I thought I'd be playing more, but y'all want to put me in at the end of games. So I'm not I'm not really going to you know play too hard. That's kind of how I saw Thaddeus Young handling this situation. There was, it was some good, and then there was some bad. Um, ultimately, he's going to get that D uh, because we got that draft pick for him, and I think he helped out our young players a lot, but ultimately not as much as I would have hoped. The last player getting a D is Drew Eubanks. He almost got an F, man. I just couldn't do it to my guy, Drew. He got traded as well uh, with Thaddeus Young to the Raptors as part of that deal. He ended up getting waived and ending up on the Portland Trailblazers, his hometown team, at the end of this season. Drew Eubanks, I love that guy. He worked his tail off while he was here. But this was his moment to shine, and he was unable to do so. He, all this offseason, we're talking about him shooting the ball, did not shoot the ball. He had an opportunity this season to play, got plenty of minutes, was the primary backup role. Pop even said that's what we thought was going to happen in the beginning of the season, and that's what he got, backup minutes to show, hey, I can pass the ball now, I can shoot the ball now, but he never did. Never found the confidence, never experimented with hitting guys back door and impacting the games in different ways. He just stayed who he was, which isn't a knock on him. It's very hard to to do what he's trying to do and, and to make it this far in the NBA. It's, 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 he's done great. He's had a great career, you know, all things considered where he was supposed to be, maybe even undrafted or not even in the league. He's doing great. And he had a couple great moments with, with um, Portland as well. But we're moving on from Drew. And I think we gave him all the opportunity in the world. We gave him a contract for his hard work. We did all those things. Now, he didn't deliver in getting better. You know, he he rebounded. He set screens, and that was about it. He finished the ball around the rim. That was about it. He had that between-the-legs um, pass from DeJounte Murray earlier in the season that he finished dunking over somebody, which was awesome. And he's put some people on posters. That's about it. And so now that we're, like, about to get – a influx of draft picks or or new players it's time for him to go and it was time for him to you know continue his journey somewhere else 
But I think the reason why obviously he fails this this report card for me is because I wanted him to show more this season. Um, I didn't want to replace him with someone else. You know, I wanted him and Jock Landale to battle things out. And, and you know, none of them really saw the floor. And that's why they're both getting Ds here. You know, Eubanks got the opportunity and then was gone. Landale never got the opportunity. Once he finally did, eh, it was kind of mediocre. And then it, then the opportunity was gone. Thad Young, gone, right? Forbes, gone. So all these guys, um, you know, to me, underperformed on in those moments where I felt like, you know, because they get those moments, they're rare. But when you get them, if you do well with them, you're probably going to get more. And if you don't do well with them, you're going to lose them or it's going to be hard to get another opportunity. Right. So it's just, you know, I feel like a lot of these guys did that. All right. So anyways, those are my D's. Jock Landale, D plus, Eubanks, Thaddeus Young and Bryn Forbes get the D's. The F's, we're going to keep it quick. Romeo Langford, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. He gets the F because I don't want another Lonnie Walker on this team. A uh, guy that gets hurt too much but has all this potential in the world. He got maybe two or three games to, like I said, just kind of the same thing I just said, get a little bit of minutes, do something with them. Maybe you get more. And Langford was nowhere to be found. Uh, It looked like the Spurs were not going to risk any type of chemistry with the other guys for Langford to get some minutes, you know, so he didn't get any opportunity. He was part of that Derek White deal. I have no idea where his future is, if it's with this team or not. So he's going to get an F. Um, Joe Wieskamp is going to get the next F. Joe, shoot, I've been saying this since last summer league. I've literally been saying this about Joe Wieskamp since the summer league. Go back on my YouTube channel, look at the videos. Shoot the ball, Joe. Shoot the ball. More often than not, when he got playing time with the main club in San Antonio, he turn down open shots and that's what i'm talking about it's like bro you're here to do one thing shoot the ball shoot your open shots stop turning them down and it wasn't that he missed them he's turning them down so shoot the ball joe you got an f this season because yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that joe wieskamp got better as a player this season like as an individual player i think he got better at rebounding decision making uh, finishing around the rim, understanding the offense, maybe even on defense a little bit. But what he's here for is to shoot the ball. And in the moments that he could have, he didn't. Uh, Tomas Sadoransky, we barely knew you. He was here for like two minutes, and then he was gone. And the same goes for Juancho Hernan Gomez. He gets an F because I made a big deal about him being in this Netflix movie with Adam Sandler that I'm very excited about, you know, but... Uh, I was very excited for like a Spurs player to get some clout, right? To get some, some, uh, some, uh, some fame or something like that. I was hoping that Hernan Gomez was that guy. He played the other day. He played the other day for the Jazz, I think. Was it the Jazz in the playoffs? Um, but yeah, no. Oh, and by the way, Hernan Gomez is in the playoffs. Uh, Forbes is in the playoffs. Thaddeus Young is in the playoffs. Uh, Derek White is in the playoffs uh anyone else that we trade no drew eubanks is is not he's the only guy that didn't make the playoffs that we traded away everyone else is in the playoffs right now and patty mills and rudy gay well they patty mills was lamarcus aldridge was but at least they made the playoffs rudy gay um a lot of these guys demar is out now too right shoot they might all be out of the first round except for white except for Derek white depending on how the jazz do with rudy gay and hernan gomez um, but those are my grades. 
those are my grades for this season. Uh, it was a developmental year. I think development should be on top of the list of things that you're evaluating for this season, not necessarily the record or the stats. Like, you know, it's like, did this person, did this player show improvement or get better? And I think you base your your grades are, you you, you base what your grades are going to be off that. And then their situation, obviously, also, right? You, got, you also got to factor in their situation. What role were they in? Were they, in, were they injured? Did they miss games? All that type of stuff. All right. So uh, on Friday, tomorrow, actually, I'm going, I was supposed to get this podcast out on Wednesday. Those of y'all that are still listening with me, um, but I had to roll that out to Thursday. On Friday, tomorrow, I'm doing another weekly update where I'm going to talk about Zach Levine, the most improved player award that DeJounte didn't get, uh, a little bit on Becky Hammond and Coach Borrego. So I'm going to do a little bit of weekly update in the, in the news world on youtube tomorrow so stay tuned for that thank you guys for listening make sure to subscribe on youtube spotify apple wherever you get your podcast jam on we are there thank you guys for checking us out check out the website uh spurstubetv.com join the mailing list uh the patreon guys trying to open up that door that spurs nation door to the to the rest of this world uh this group of international spurs fans that you guys are and give you guys an opportunity to contribute and support the show and as well as gain access to uh, uh, being able to contribute, for instance, like audio questions that you want me to answer and I can create a audio uh, like mailbag for the podcast. Or if, or if you want to submit a video question or anything like that, I can create little videos for your takes or your questions or your comments um you know as well as you can just go into the patreon and type in a question or whatever and and i'll pull that out and put that on the channel as well answer it in some type of way you know give you your shout out and all that stuff because that's something i want to really prioritize going into next season and have it set up for next season is the patreon one because it helps me pay for things like adobe cloud where i do a lot of my editing and stuff on it helps me pay for my subscriptions that i use to to distribute the content and all that type of stuff so um the patreon is now going to be my focus for this off season and into next season um growing that patreon getting more of my awesome listeners and, and people that follow my content thank you so much you know i i thank you guys just for listening but if you want to go above and beyond and actually gain some access there on the back end uh, to being a part of the content that I create, check out the Patreon link in the description below. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Por vida, go Spurs go.